1: I've been sparking up my tools. I've been looking to win. Spend a little again. I've been forspiddled it in. My God, I riddled again. I told them stop clowning around. They said what goes up comes down. I said I'm down with the sickness. My team stay ill now. Come get this. I'm just so Debbie Delight, I stay ready tonight. Deep dive, we rise. That's the melee alright. D- Debbie Delight, the light. The David the light. Da da da, da da da, Work. I am your host, Ricky Valero. On today's episode, Stoops and I were trying to think of some fun things to do. So we're going to talk about some overhyped, maybe overranked prospects for the upcoming 2021 draft. We both selected two guys prior to the show. Did not speak about them to each other, so there's possibility that we might have one of the same guys. But, as always, I am joined by my partner here, Stoops. How are you today, sir? Um, I'm
0: I'm baffled right now. I didn't know we were doing just the 2021 class. My guys are not. Well, one of them is.
1: Okay, that's fine. I mean, <laughs> let's, let's, let's just start this over. We'll start this over.
0: One of my guys is. That's all right. But the other one is not. The other one's in a, the class after that.
1: It's, it's whatever.
0: Because unless think, I'm told 2021, going, I just go broad. If you say fucking Keaton
1: Slava, I'll fucking shoot. Sure. No.
0: Just kidding.
1: No. Sam no. Howell sucks. All right, here we go. Welcome to another episode of the David Delight brought to you by the Drive-In Podcast Network. I am your host, Ricky Valera. On today's episode, we're going to break down some overhyped prospects over the next couple seasons. Stoops and I were looking for things to talk about, and there's some guys on the radar that I think they are way overhyped and way too much talked about, and that's what Stoops and I wanted to kind of dive into today. So we both picked... Um, I picked two guys in this class. You picked one in a future class and this class. So I'm excited to talk about those. As always, I am joined by my partner here, Stoops. How are you?
0: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm excited to um, get the feedback for the names I chose because I know it's not going to be popular. So um excited to dive into it. Like Like you said, it's just at this point of the year, especially with everything going on, like we're just trying to to find some fun things you know, to do to get some different thought processes out there. Um, you can only do your rankings so often. <laughs> you can't do them every week. I mean you can, I guess, but you kind of just start start fumbling over yourself um if you keep doing them that often. So just trying to find some fun things and I'm excited to to see who you you had picked. Like like you said, we we don't share names often. It's kind of a first reaction, just like everybody else who's listening. So we don't know who the other person's talking about and like we've said before, it was never planned. It just kind of happened at the first couple ones, and then it's stuck. And we just we just don't share names. Yeah. Most cases, most cases.
1: Ninety, yeah, I would say a lot of the times we don't. If we're talking about like maybe a um, a conference or something like that, yeah. we normally share the na- share the names because we want to try to dive into two different guys, stuff like that. But when it comes to our rankings, when it comes to talking about stuff like this, mm-hmm. um, we really don't share information because I mean I, I think it it. I like getting your reaction on certain things and I know vice versa. Um, obviously the news this morning is is out. Uh Florida State Clemson's not playing today. Um, which was very interesting since Clemson is in Florida right now. Um they canceled the game the day of after they already got there, which I thought there was some interesting tidbits about that. That's just kind of crazy. And then of course you informed me a few minutes ago that the AM game was also canceled today.
0: Yeah. I'm so, disappointed.
1: Yeah, this is two weeks in a row. No A&M games. It's it's crazy, right? I, I just, at what point do they kind of just, I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't want to sit here and say that there shouldn't be a season. There should be a season. But as the numbers go up, it's like, oh, my God. Like, what is, like, this isn't fun anymore, right? The calculation, yeah. especially like you, you're an A&M guy, like, for me, I personally, I don't understand why Trevor Lawrence takes the field again this year. I really don't. I'm sorry. Trevor Lawrence is the number one pick in this draft, as long as they're a quarterback-needy team, for sure. Um, but Trevor Lawrence is is the be-all, end-all of these prospects. Justin Fields, I mean, I understand he wants to win that Natty title. I understand that. But, like, there's just certain guys that I'm just like, guys, it's not worth it. It's mm-hmm. Travis Etienne. like Etienne. One of these guys over the next couple, like the next month or so, get hurt. I mean, they look at like a Jalen Waddle. You know what I'm saying? Like, his draft stock is going to be hurt because of the injury. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be hurt because of it, period. Well, and crazy
0: Um, thing about Waddle, though, is like, there's there's talks that if they, you know, make it to which, um, let's be honest, they'll be in the playoffs unless mm -hmm. something totally drastic happens. But there's talks that if everything goes well, like, he could make it back in time for, I don't know if it was the first college playoff game, second game. It doesn't, but to even potentially be able to come back this season um, is, is quite alarming. I don't, you know, I have a feeling he would, I mean, he already started the season, right? He he was playing already. So if he had that, if he got that clearance, I'm sure he's going to come back and play. But to your point, it's like, why, why, you know what I mean? Yes. To help your team win, you know, a potential national championship. Like I get it. We're not in those shoes. So, it's it's easy for me to say, you know, just sit out, just don't play. But it's kind of like if I was in their shoes, like and I had a chance to win a national championship again for some of them, I think it'd be a tougher choice. Yeah, for you sure. You gotta think long term. You gotta think long term for sure. Right. Like, I mean you're long-term. Long-term. you
1: could potentially cost yourself yeah. millions of dollars. It's especially sure. let's just say Trey I mean, I think Trevor Lawrence, unless he just completely like ripped his knee out, like he would be the number one pick, barring yeah. really any kind of sort of injury. But there's certain guys I'm just like, look, you're, you're here, right? Yep. <laughs> you're here. Like let's, you know, let's not get all the way down here, but all right, folks, we're going to transition into these overhyped guys. Um, Stoops, I'll let you kick us off.
0: All right. So as I said, um, going to be some quite unpopular opinions here, but that's okay. Um, the first one I'm going to talk about is my quarterback. That's Spencer Rattler. I, I, I think he's a phenomenal talent. He is a phenomenal talent, right? He was a five-star guy coming out. He was the number 1 quarterback um coming out of high school and the 11th ranked player in the nation. So I get it. He's got all the talent in the world. He was a high high recruit, but my thing is this like when I was watching some of his games, um there's just certain pieces that I'm still I'm still looking for a little bit. I remember when he came out against Missouri State, right? Not a powerhouse program, Missouri State went out 14 of 17, 290 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. That that's cool, that's great. And everyone's like he's here. He's the QB1. He is the QB1 of the 2022 class. He's the guy, right? It's Missouri State. The, you know what I mean? Like it's Missouri State and and the one that a lot of the play that a lot of people were talking about was that deep pass where he did throw a touchdown. I'll give him that. But it was even underthrown. Like if it would have been Honestly, if it would have been a Big Ten—I'm sorry, a Big Twelve school—no disrespect to their defense, but we know how that goes. Um, that pass would have been deflected, potentially intercepting. I—I I, I just don't think that would have been a touchdown pass. But it's Missouri State again. No disrespect to them, but they're just not there. So it's just one of those where I, I think he—he's got the talent, obviously, and and it is his first year starting. So there's going to be some some areas where he needs to improve. I know that Oklahoma's lost some massive talents, you know, going to the NFL draft or, or anything like that, injuries, stuff like that. So I understand that too, but to come out basically and, and play the way he did in the first couple games. And I'll get to the other ones here in a second to label him as the QB one already like that to me, that's, that's why I think he's a little bit overhyped at the moment. Now he is my QB three in that class. And I think that's, that's justifiable 100% right but to just kind of already jump him uh, jump Hal, jump Keaton like to jump these guys already like I don't know I-, I need to see a little bit more but I was joking with you during the, um, the Kansas State game I think it was right after I was right at the end of it and I joked with you kind of and I was like I don't think Baker Mayfield or Jalen Hurts would have let Oklahoma lose those games or lose that game right I, I think and I'm not saying that the the Rattler doesn't have that it factor to to close out a game, but it just it was a different feel with Jalen Hurts and Baker Mayfield on the field. It was kind of just like you knew there was a chance. Yep. And with Rattler, I'm still waiting for it, right? In that Kansas State game, it, it was it just it just felt a little little different, right? And, and I'll say this, Kansas State, if you've watched some of their games years prior, it's almost like they pick on their schedule, like this is the team we're going all in all out. We're given 125%, which of course, you know, they're giving it all there for every game, but they always play the, the top teams tough. They always give them a, a run for their money. And I think back to Jalen hurts, right? His year at Oklahoma Baylor. Those were the two games that came to mind. Baylor should have won both of those games, but, and I understand defense came in, they stepped up, they helped as well. But like Jalen Hurts and that offense, they, they they weren't being stopped. They were going to score, and they were going to win those games, and they did. It's things like that that I'm waiting to see from Rattler. Now, I understand I'm comparing him to a guy who is a four-year college player who has that experience and is there. I, I get it. But for me, to put him where, we, where a lot of people have put him already, I think it's a little bit rushed. I think it's a little bit um, ahead of schedule. Will he eventually be the QB one justifiably? Probably maybe. I don't know. Um, That's all going to be up for, for personal opinion as all rankings are. But I just think at this moment, and then you look at the Iowa state game, even um, so let's go back the Kansas state game, 30 for 41, 387 yards, four touchdowns, three interceptions, right? He threw three interceptions, eight rushing attempts for negative five yards. Man, rushing yards, whatever. We, you know, He got sacked a couple times here and there, so he's negative. But you look at Iowa State, they lost that game as well. 23, um, I'm sorry, 25 of 36, 300 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. So the yards are always there. It's the picks. It's the decision-making. It's things that kind of play, play in there. I think that Texas game is where we started to see it really kick into gear, right? They ended up winning that game in four overtimes. 53-45, but that's always a tough game. Texas and Oklahoma, always, always, always a tough game. You, They could go into that game both not having won a game, which we know more than likely is not going to be happening for a long time, but that game is going to be a tough, tough, tough game every year. So to see him come in and, and, and pull that one out, I, I think, was a big, big step for him. But for me, it's just too early to put him as the clear-cut QB1. I think he's just got a lot more to prove. Um and we'll see, and that's just going to come with experience, right? He was wasn't on the field at all last year, obviously with 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 um, Hertz there. So I I think his time's coming, but got to pump the brakes a little bit. Um, like I said, I've got him at my QB three. I think that's justifiable, but to to automatically just say he's the best QB quarterback in the class and you know put him there, I just think it's it's a little overhyped in my opinion.
1: I mean, I think so, even more so, whenever you do have two guys that are super talented right there. You know what I mean? Sam Howell and and Keaton Slavis, both of our, you know, your one, my one there. You know what I mean? But it's my one, too. I, for me personally, it's especially how, how was amazing last week, right? You know what I mean? He bounced off mm-hmm. that huge game, come back, which I'll never understand how you can be down like 90 points in college football and come back in like three minutes. I, I'll it's never crazy. understand that. But, um, But for me, like these, those two guys have proven, you know, Slavis has looked a little sloppy this year and Hal has too. Mm -hmm. But even if you look at the whole body of work, you look at the closing out of the games, right? Slavis has done that back to back weeks right now. Uh, They were down fourth, they were down in the fourth quarter in both of those games and they've, they've come back and won. It's about having that, that, closer mentality. You know what I mean? That's, that's a lot of what they criticize. I'm not saying like Peyton Manning for right. Peyton Manning had a trouble closing out the big ones. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yes, it's early in his career, but to talk about him being QB one pr- with these other guys on the, on the map, you're crazy right now. So I, I, I like it. I, I going to probably be controversial for so, sure. Hey. You know, it, it is what it is. My next statement is going to be controversial as well. Any chance that I get to pick on this guy, I'm going to, he is my Jordan love of this year. Uh, Hands down, Trey Lance, okay? All right, so obviously let's just run down the numbers real quick for you those at home. 2019, obviously, had 66% completion percentage, 2,786 yards, 28 touchdowns, only uh, zero interceptions. He had 1,100 yards and 14 touchdowns on the ground. Um, He had his opportunity this year to really kind of uh, showcase himself. Uh, Didn't do very well in that. Um, This year, 15 of 30, 149. 149 yards, only a 50% completion percentage, two touchdowns. He threw the interception this year. Obviously, he had the 15 attempts, 143 yards, and two touchdowns on the ground. Now, that's fine and dandy. Uh, The one time that he had a chance to really showcase who he was, he didn't have the opportunity in doing so. Uh, He disappointed. I understand it's one game, and everybody's going, like, oh, it's only one game. Don't worry about it. I mean, he looked good at certain parts of the game. Well, no, he really didn't. I mean, he was overthrowing guys. He was leading guys. I mean, there was a couple of deep bombs that he had five yards over the top of the head. Are these things that are potentially work, you know, you, where you can work on them? Yes. But the problem I have right now is this. This guy's projected to be a first round pick. First round pick. One of the top three-ish, four-ish quarterbacks taken off the board. Now, look, I understand the NFL is in the way of the dual threat quarterback, right? But not every dual threat, which I believe Lance is more of a run not a run first, maybe, but maybe a second, you know, his second option is to read. But my problem with that is, is look at Lamar Jackson. Okay. Lamar Jackson's coming off the MVP season. I understand that, but he is struggling when teams make him throw the football. And if you're going to struggle in teams throw like the football, you cannot win football games. Baltimore is struggling mightily this year because his inability to get, the, to get the ball to his receivers. He reminds me of Lamar Jackson, but not as good as Lamar Jackson, right? He's not that dual threat capability as Lamar Jackson. I feel like he's Lamar Jackson light, I'll call him. But... Trey Lance, it just doesn't do it for me. His inaccuracy is rough. It's it's very all over the place. There's games where he'll have 50% completion percentage. And it's like, how? The competition's never been there. I'll, I will beat that down until I'm blue in the face. I understand, you know, he plays what he's got, but at the same time, like his stats are great. Zero interceptions, fantastic. But his his stats 28 touchdowns. It should be 58 touchdowns. You know, I i I know that's exaggerating a little bit, but if he's really that good in 13 games, you're averaging less than you know, a little less than two touchdowns a game through the air. And I understand he's running the ball a lot. Okay. I, I question his ability to get to the second and third read. It's it's not it, when you watch him throw the football, it's very fast, 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 right? He's either running the he's watching the first read or he's taken off. That's just how they're all I understand that's how their offense runs, okay? And I understand Carson Wentz came from the same offense. Guys, I'm sorry. I'm a big Carson Wentz guy, but he's looked like dog shit this year too. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. it's it's nothing against him. He's not playing talent. I would I would have loved to see him play Oregon that week one like we were supposed to see because I would have loved to see him against a real school. Uh not saying these other kids aren't real. I'm just saying that they're not on the same level. I would like Trey Lance wouldn't even be talked about right now if he was an SEC quarterback. I'm sorry, guys. He wouldn't be. Like if you put if you put Trey Lance on any of these SEC schools, uh, Ole Miss or South Carolina, like we're not even – Trey Lance isn't even in the conversation right now. You know what I mean? Trey Lance's hype started – the day after, the day after the draft this year, you know what I mean? Matt Miller put him up there. He's, yeah, I think he had him at the time as number two quarterback. I think he's down to number three right now. But let me explain something. I saw something before I got on the air. I was listening to it. I was just trying to dissecting it. Um, I was listening to Mel Kuyper. Uh, talk about this and he was like yeah he's like you know he's not the number two quarterback in this class and then the flip side Todd McShay got on there I'm sorry Todd McShay this kid is not as good as Justin Fields okay can we get that out of everybody's head please this kid is not Justin Fields he's not even remotely close to Justin Fields I'm sorry it's Lawrence and Fields and then there's a tier then there's another tier and then there's these quarterbacks okay look we love Kyle Trask but we know Kyle Trask has question marks, right? You know what I mean? Kyle Trask's inability, you know, he's not exactly the most mobile quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or in college, okay? That's going to be an issue, and that could cause an issue of of his draft stock, right? But Justin Fields, if you've watched his tape over the last couple of weeks, he has showcased to you why he is the number two quarterback. And it's the Fields, I'm not, I, I think the Lawrence and Fields, like the, 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 the difference there is is rather is 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 not steep, but I, I don't hate the idea of Fields being the second quarterback taken off the board. I don't care if he's drafted number two overall. I think these are two of the best prospects we've seen in a while, right? You know what I mean? Obviously, Burrow, Herbert, these other guys, but you, if you did a top ten quarterback of the last ten years coming out, I think Fields or Fields and Lawrence would be in the top ten, right? These guys have talent. Okay, that's my problem is, is the consistency comparison to like a Fields or even to a Lawrence. There's things that Lance does that are are good and and they're right, but there's so much wrong. If you're going to take this guy in the first pick, okay, you're telling me one of two things. You believe that you're going to put him in day one. Or you're gonna believe he's gonna be a project. Projects don't go round one. Jordan Love the same thing. We highly criticize Jordan Love in this podcast. I still highly criticize the Packers for taking him with the first round pick. What could they have done with a Justin Jefferson on the football field this year, right? Yeah. Opposite of Adams, Justin, Jeff- Brandon, IU, Jeremy, you know, whatever running receiver was available at the time. Think about what they could have done with one of those guys instead of drafting Jordan Love. He's a project. He to me. Me, to me, Trey Lance is a third or fourth round uh a quarterback. Yes, okay. I understand. I have him fifth. I think, or maybe even sixth, on my r- rankings right now. I understand. But the problem is, is, is once you get past Lawrence Fields Trask, it, it's really sketchy. Kind of going all the way down. I like what I see with Zach Wilson. I I put him in that same pattern. I would love him. I would love him. Is that, is that Zach Wilson, right? Did I say his name right? Like, yeah. Yeah, okay. I would love him. I saw. I think it was uh, uh, Parsons. Parsons drafted him to Carolina. I would love to see Wilson in the Panthers Joe Brady offense, right? You know, that's a fantastic pairing. But for me, I, I I just don't see that there's other talent that that I can make Lance my tenth quarterback, right? There's just not enough talent right now. But for me, Lance is where he will be drafted versus where he will wh- uh, where I would. Is two totally different places. He's overhyped, and again, in five years, if he's one of the best quarterbacks in football, I'll gladly say I was wrong. You know what I mean? I thought I thought Patrick Mahomes was going to be a bust. I mean, I'm just going <laughs> to be honest, and and I ate crow on that one. But I don't. I, I'm I can't with the I can't I can't with the Lance anymore. I can't, man. I just I, I saw this clip, and I didn't even mean to see the clip from McShay. Like it was an accident. I was looking up some stats from his game this year and the video started playing i was like oh yeah yeah let me turn this because i always have the sound off in the videos on the esp so let me Mm -hmm. me turn the sound on so i turned it on i'm like he said what now he's as good as fields if not better some he said some places have him ranked higher than him i'm like stop just stop like i i just can't with it so trey lance Easily the, most, I can, he's more overhyped than Jordan Love was because yeah. there was a lot of people that didn't like Jordan Love last year. You know what I mean? Again, Matt Miller camp. You know, and I feel like he he locks onto a guy. Which I mean, we do the same thing. We lock onto a guy, but this is just not the guy. It's not it for me, and that's why he's easily the most one of the most overhyped prospects that I have seen, and I just don't feel like it's worth it. I agree, and
0: it's funny. This is off of of that but espn right you're on the website it starts playing the videos i had i had three or four espn tabs and all i hear is just this jumble of talking and i'm like what what's happening right now so i had to close all of them but yeah they just randomly start screaming in your ear and sometimes yeah i'm like well hold on on, let's watch that you know so sometimes it's good other times i'm just like this is annoying so i yeah i do the same thing so anyway exactly espn yep cool all
1: right your next guy sir
0: Yeah, my next guy. So this one for sure, because um, I went back and forth on Twitter about it. Rondell Moore. Okay. Rondell Moore. Love, love, love the prospect, right? When he is on the field and playing, absolute monster, right? Last night, if you watch the game, I'll be honest, I watched the second half. I did not watch the first half because I didn't know I actually had access to the channel. So um, I missed the first half, but um, I got his stats, right? So first half. He had seven receptions, 61 yards, no receiving touchdowns, but he had two rush attempts for nine yards and a touchdown, right? Honestly, for most games, like, that's a pretty solid stat line. So come second half, eight receptions, 55 yards, one rush for 11 yards. So overall, he had, what what is that, 100 and some odd? I don't even, I can't do quick math. Anyway, over 100 receiving yards, right? And a rushing touchdown mixed in there with 15 receptions. So the stats are there. When he is healthy and on the field, Absolute monster, right? You look at the 2018 season as freshman year, 114 receptions, 1,258 receiving yards, and 12 receiving touchdowns. I didn't get the rushing stats in there, but I know he's got some good rushing stats sprinkled in there. So he's able to be moved around. But then you go to the next year. Starts off absolutely phenomenal. First game, 11 receptions, 124 yards, and a touchdown. Next game against Vanderbilt, 13 receptions, 220 yards, and a touchdown and then it starts to kind of get in where he's getting a little dinged up again he's er, er, not again i guess it's kind of that first little go around we've had with it but TCU three receptions 25 yards no touchdowns minnesota this is the game i believe if i remember correctly he left early um two receptions 18 yards no touchdowns and he misses the rest of the season which was eight games due to a hamstring injury i know there was there was talks you know it was a knee injury no it was a hamstring no it was a knee who really knows at this point? Um, I know it, it, there's been some some things come out that say no, it was the hamstring, but it does. He missed eight games, right? Missed eight games, and then you come to this season again at the end of last year. It was, I guess, said, "Hey, he can come back." But what's the point? What's the point? Right? The season's over. Purdue's not doing anything. What's the point? Which I do agree with that mindset, right? What's the point? But in my eyes, like if he was healthy and ready to go, why didn't he start this season healthy? why he got hurt again, another hamstring injury, right? So I'm not saying that he's going to be the guy that's just always hurt, always, always hurt, but it's in the back of my mind. Like, is he worth the cost? Uh, and this is me thinking fantasy terms. Is he worth the cost of what it's going to take to get him, right? Because there's still so many people, understandably so, that are going to take him probably first half of the first round.
1: Does not to interrupt you but does he remind you of like this year's Laviska?
0: Yeah. So like the talent's there, right? And I on and, and Rondell for me is is even talent-wise way ahead of of LaVisca, but it's that same thing where it's like and okay. And I talked about this in my tweet. Other guys are deemed or knocked because of their injuries in the past. It seems like with Rondell Moore, it's just being completely overlooked. It's, it's it's brought up for a split second, and then it's like, well, but remember, he had 12 touchdowns and almost 1,300 receiving yards. Like, Remember that. So the talent's there. I, I think he, he can stay healthy. This dude's going to be a talent at the next level for years, many years, many, many years. So this is not me coming out saying, I'm done with Rondell Moore. He's not the guy. Don't take him. That is not the case. I think we just need to think a little bit more about, the injuries that he's had. And and if he was healthy enough to come back uh, last year, in my eyes, then he should have been ready to go this year. Now I do understand he opted out. So therefore training, you know, practices, certain things like that are going to be a little bit different. Even if he's prepping for the NFL draft, they're probably not going to be as high intense because it is still so far out. I understand there's a lot that goes into it, you know, so once he gets thrown into a, let's just call it a maybe a much faster paced you know training uh, session or a practice or something so oh he tweaks his hamstring and trust me when i was in high school I, <laughs> i'm no i'm no nowhere close to the talent level of these guys but i did i, I tweaked my hamstring and it's tough like it, it's tough to come back from so i'm not knocking him for that because I, i've had it i know what it what it entails um but i guess my point being like if he was ready last year like Why would he miss the first two games? He didn't miss the third one because it got canceled. So technically everyone missed that one against Wisconsin. But And then he was a game-time decision for last night. Now obviously he came out, he looked healthy, he looked fine. So for me, it's just one of those, I think at this moment, given everything we've seen, I think he's a little bit too overhyped at the moment um, simply because we're not taking into consideration the full view of things. If he basically, and I was talking with with Matt about it, Matt Bruning about it on, on Twitter, um, amongst with some with some other guys. If Rondo Moore stays healthy for the rest of this season, healthy through the draft process, then what I'm saying right now is 100% wrong. And I'll take that, right? It's just something in my mind needs to be brought up, needs to be talked about. But if he stays healthy the rest of the season, through the draft process, into the NFL, this dude's going to be a stud, right? He is. But at this moment, he is my wide receiver three currently. I can almost promise you, depending on when I go through and, and re-rank some guys, he will probably drop. I'm not saying super far, but I'm going to move a couple other guys up above him because of my concerns there. Um, but man, if we see, you know, if he continues on what he did last night with the 15 receptions, 100 and some on receiving yards, and even the rushing touchdown mixed in, then I'm going to have to take everything back I said, but I said it now I'm sticking with it. And I truly believe it. It's just the injuries until it's proven that it's not necessarily an issue. It's something that needs to be talked about. And it's something that needs to be brought up at least, you know, mentioned. And I don't think I I also heard, you know, he's 5'9, 180, right? He's not a big guy. That's a, that, that can be an issue, but we've seen so many guys. He's going to be a slot guy, right? He's going to be short, quick routes, get him the ball, let him go after the catch. I don't see that being as big of an issue. He can go downfield, but when you've got a corner, a safety, that's going to be 6'3", 210, like, you know, he's not going to really out-jump them or out, uh, be as physical. So they're going to get him involved at the next level. They're going to make it happen. We just got to see him stay healthy for a full season again. Um, and I think we could see a repeat. Not not because it's a shorter season, so he's not going to have 1,300 yards and all that. I get that. But give him the full the rest of the season healthy. I, I think we could see him. Yeah, He could even get close to 800 to 900 yards, you know, potentially so we'll see we'll see but that's that's my second guy both of them Spencer Rattler and Rondell Moore I know it's unpopular but it's what I think
1: I don't hate it either because look if if I'm in a if I'm in a rookie draft um you know this guy is going to go probably what top 8 or so you know what I mean <laughs> I need return. Most of the time, you need a return investment on that rookie really, really fast. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? Like, you know, I need some stats. I need some. I need you to come in and save the team. If I'm, especially if you're in the top four. I mean, unless you trade it for the pick. But um, if you have multiple first, maybe you take the risk. But if you're a guy looking for some somebody to add some depth or add some, you know, weekly startable, you have to have that injury concern in the back of your head. And that to me is is something that I look forward to it. he's a guy that's fluctuated up and down my rankings i think i had him fourth i think it is on the most rank- recent rankings we did and folks it, it, in the very very near future um not next week but the week after i think the month of december we're going to start taking diving into our debbie rankings so that we can prepare you for january you know february march start- startups are going to start up again you know what i mean you know we're, you know january february everybody likes to kind of start up their leagues and we want to make sure to have you guys as readily prepared for those drafts as humanly possible. But um, for me, my guy is Tuba Hubbard. Um, I look I, th- again. Th- I f- I felt comfortable saying this after you said more because you said a lot of nice things about more. <laughs> so it was like a it was a healthy balance. Now Tuba on some circles. Most circles, top three, top three or four running backs in the class. Some people have him, twos I, ha- I moved him to six in my most recent rankings. You had him third. Looking at some other people, like a Bruning had him at number two the last time I saw his rankings. So he's very high. He's in that range, right? My problem with this is all right. I'm starting to sour on him a little bit, okay? A year ago, he was my number two running back. He slid down to number six. I, I stand by this statement. He should have came out last year. 1,000% mm-hmm. mm-hmm. should have came out last year. Probably would have been the number two, number three back off the board, okay? There's a few things that I don't like about him, okay? But I'm starting to see guys like Hawkins, Zamir White. I'm seeing these other guys kind of produce in higher higher clicks, um, and they're producing in three down back formulas, Okay. If I'm drafting in fantasy and, and and my my hatred for Chuba, not hatred, but my down on who chuba is more of a fantasy looking thing, folks. I want to say that. And and you said the same thing about more. And I want to kind of emphasize that. I'm not drafting Chuba in the first round. I I personally am not. I, I and I say that as a guy that loves him, but I think as a as an actual athlete, yeah, she, you know, he's gonna be a I think he'll be a great asset. But fantasy-wise, he struggles. At the passing game, tremendously, and that worries me a hundred percent. He's coming off the field on third down at an alarming rate right now. Okay, he can't pass block. The first time, let's just put him on the Packers. Let's put him on the 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 Buccaneers. The first time he blows a block and gets Aaron Rodgers killed, gets Tom Brady killed. Hell gets to, gets Joe Burrow. It doesn't matter. The first time he does, he's not going to see the football field a whole lot more. We're seeing a lot of that with Jonathan Taylor this year, right? I understand that right. You know Frank Wright likes to run a kind of a multi-back system a little bit, but Jonathan Taylor has kind of struggled, and we'll talk a little bit about him next week. But for me, again, his stats last year: two thousand ninety-four yards, twenty-one touchdowns. That's absurd, right? You know what I mean? This year, he's at five eighty-one. And five touchdowns. His yards per carry is down, four point six uh, yards per carry, which is still good. I'm not gonna say it's not good, but it's down from his typical six plus. Um, so for me, it, it, again, it's a it's about the three down back mentality. he's got the eight catches I think in five games this year. So that to me is a little bit alarming. I needed to see more. He was one of those guys. So Etienne talked about. I want to come back because I want to be better at pass blocking, even though last year we watched this pass blocking and we're like, dude, or and pass uh, pass catching, we're like, dude, like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Like You are you line up all over the football field. But, hey, it's you. You're understandable. Probably want to come back and make one good run at it. That's fine. But for Chuba, I needed to see that improvement. I needed to see you work on these things. I needed to see you become a better pass blocker. Put your body on the line a little bit. You know what I mean? You get caught to. Protect the quarterback, right? You know what I mean, and and, and obviously, I think the, a part of what has has hindered Chuba's stats this year are they're sh- they're trying to shut him down. They're trying to make um, Sanders beat them. You know what I mean. I I understand that, but for me personally, I like Chuba. But if I'm in a fantasy aspect currently right now, I am not going to draft him because of the question marks surrounding his pass blocking capabilities. That to me is alarming because if he comes off the field on third down, he's going to come off the field just like Jonathan Taylor has throughout this entire season, and they're going to give the ball to the hot hand. So, me personally, Chuba again, not a big knock on Chuba as a person or as a as a collective whole, but for me, it's 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 an easy enough knock for me.
0: So, do you think he could have a a like the name that popped to my mind was um, Rashad Penny, right? Mm-hmm. When Penny was coming out. He was a guy that was just like, you got to draft this guy, you got to draft this guy. Yeah. But then it became, well, but it's pass blocking, right? It's pass blocking. It's just not, and and how much has he seen the field? Now, don't get me wrong. He's behind like Chris Carson, you know, injuries, Carson's out, but sitting behind a running back like that, you're just not going to see the field that much
1: anyway. Yeah. But even Carson's injured, he still hasn't really, he never well, really exactly. It. So yeah. it's
0: like we say that pass blocking, like the importance behind it, if a running back can't protect the quarterback, you're just not going to see the field, right? Exactly. So he was the name that popped into my mind, and I think we could see a path just the same, right? Mm-hmm. To where he goes to a team, he gets his opportunities, but he just kind of, let I don't want to say lets his quarterback get hit, but doesn't protect to the level he should, and then he kind of just
1: becomes a depth piece, right?
0: I hope not. I hope not.
1: But I hope not I either, think we but could if, you're, see it. if you're taking a risk in the first, if you're drafting the first round yeah. in, in two or three years, your guy's a depth piece, then mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's something yeah. really, you know, you, dead, you did some bad drafting, you know what I mean? But like right now, he's not, he's not on my radar. He's still number I think he's number six, which is still high. But again, I mean, in most circles, he's going round one and I just, I can't risk the draft capital.
0: And I think too. So a lot of this is know your league, right? Because yeah. in my in my home league, there might be. And a home leagues are totally different than leagues like if you join on Twitter, like they're they're totally different. But in my home league, for example, I know at this moment, if we were to draft right now, like I know I could get Hubbard in probably the early second because nobody pays it. None of the guys pay attention to college football, right now they. Once the drafts get closer, they start to really do more research and so on and so forth. But I wouldn't we start be listening to
1: our podcast and then we're in trouble.
0: Exactly. Um, I think that you know, definitely a late first, um, I could get him. But like you said, even Hubbard, like I, I, I wouldn't at this point. I would go elsewhere, elsewhere. I would rather have Gainwell personally. Like yeah. I would rather take a Gainwell, you know, late first. But um, the first round I do have in that league, it's not my pick. But I'm hoping it, it right now it's it's projected top four. I'm hoping yep. it stays there, but that guy's on the cusp. So anyway, anyway, <laughs> know your leagues, kind of gauge where you think, you know, you can get some guys and, and, you know, if you think you can get someone early second, go out and, you know, grab a couple second rounds if you can. And if it starts to get, cause a lot of drafts are slow drafts. Ours is a live draft. I've just always really enjoyed live drafts and being with my friends, my family, stuff like that. Kept it that way. Anyway, um, if it's you know slow draft and it's getting towards that end of the first and Hubbard or whoever you want is still there, then say hey you know what I've got this second and something boom move up grab your guy and 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 it's your team don't feel bad about it but I'm with you I, I wouldn't take him first round um unless I just had like let's say I had like five running backs that I know are going to be started over him. Why
1: not? Right. Why or not? If take that or chance, if but... you're stocked at quarterback, yeah. stocked at receiver, you don't need anything else. It, yeah. I mean, whatever. If you're stock, yeah. Why but, not? but if you're looking to acquire a back that you need to kind of set your franchise up for two or three years, okay. I would almost
0: use that first, especially if somebody's wanting Hubbard or whoever. I would right. use that first, even yeah. if you have to add something, whatever, go get. Yeah, a proven running back right now. So because exactly. you know there's going to be those teams that are essentially rebuilding or almost there, kind of thing. So right. they're willing to to add that that rookie piece potentially for maybe a next year run. So g- gauge the league is kind of where we're gauge the league and, yeah. and see what you because, can do to make
1: it happen for your team. Yeah, because if you think about that next week's show, we're gonna talk about twenty twenty guys, you know what I mean, and their value buy, sell, well, hold. Like you could potentially sell a twenty twenty one bottom half of the first round pick for a guy that was a first round pick in the 2020 draft that maybe just had a down year. You know what I mean? Yep. Like there's a lot of guys that are going to need that, that are going to have value that they're going to be selling because they didn't produce year one. That's just how fantasy works. That's how people in, are impatient, right? Yep. You know what I no, mean? Yeah. So oh, yeah. very impatient with their guys. So that's definitely uh, something we'll talk about next week, but folks do us a favor, head on over to Twitter, give Stoops a follow at Stoops, 1990, give myself a follow at Ricky Blair underscore, give the show a follow at the Debbie delight. Thank you for the continued support and listening to the show each and every week. We really do greatly appreciate it. Make sure to check out the other shows on the Drive In Podcast Network. We have the Film Optics Podcast, the Fantasy Football Roundtable with Bruning that we were talking about earlier, and so many other shows. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. See y'all later.